welcome back to the Nothing to Prove and Everything to Share podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Gabby, and as always, I am so thankful that you are here today, taking some time out of your day to spend your time here with us. Beautifully bold and not at all bulletproof. That is how I want to write the narrative of 2021. Now, if you aren't familiar with this podcast, it is our place to get real together, to get raw with what we feel, and as always, have nothing to prove and everything to share. Sometimes those stories are packaged neatly and eloquently in a bow with words that just make sense, and other times they look messy and feel a bit more heavy and broken than we're willing to share. But I'm not here to prove that I'm bulletproof. I'm here to share that I am anything but. I want to get vulnerable on this podcast today. And I mean, when am I not pouring my heart out on this platform? But I hope my vulnerability will start to spark a flame in you. I hope that you can start reflecting and processing honestly. And more importantly, processing and reflecting with great joy. I want this to be a place where you can root yourself in knowing that your unique gift and position in life is to not be perfect but rather to share your unique story and not just a highlight reel with the world and let it light the way for others. Because if not you, then who? I hope that you can start breaking down the pieces of your story and breaking through them with me. Because broken can be bold. And even more so, broken can be beautiful, more beautiful than being bulletproof. I hope my vulnerability will show you that I want to dare greatly with you. But make no mistake, there are no cheap seats in my arena. So, let's get started. One of my favorite podcasters, authors, speakers is Dr. Brene Brown, who researches vulnerability and courage. She champions audiences to be open to hard conversations, dive in deep into being vulnerable, and challenges us to rise to the occasion by being bold, not bulletproof. In her book, Daring Greatly, Brene opens up with a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. He says, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming who actually does strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of a high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. I used to hate the word broken or vulnerable or open. I used to hate when people said, it's okay to let your guard down. It actually felt like a bunch of crap. It took away my power, or what I thought was my power, and it made me feel like I was face down in the arena. But more importantly, it made me feel like everyone else would know exactly where I was wounded and made me feel like I was exposed and under attack on every side. It was like every seat in the arena was filled and I was losing the game with no point of return and everyone was watching. Not to watch me climb to success, but to laugh and point while I was face down. But Brene Brown flips this script on its head and allows us to see the strength in being broken and face down in the arena and being exposed and vulnerable. 
She allows us to see the courage and compassion it takes to be a leader who is vulnerable enough to say, yo, this one hurts. I've been hurt, but I'm not letting it define who I am. And I'm not letting it or anyone else use what I'm saying or how I'm feeling against me to take away my power. I'm using it for good. If you've tuned into this podcast or maybe my blog before, you know that stories are so important to me. Storytelling is our greatest superpower because it connects us beyond service level understanding and empowers us to access the radical human being in each and every person. That storytelling isn't easy. It takes courage and vulnerability. It challenges the author to not just pen the truth, but act in that truth every single day in a way that creates ripples for others to access their most authentic selves. Our ability to create that brave space for ourselves and others is what makes the magic happen. That brave space is what I'm hoping this podcast becomes. When I was growing up, my mom was someone who didn't really encourage us to speak what we felt or process through hard emotions like sadness or frustration. We were very much a guards up type of family. There wasn't a dedicated brave space to dare greatly. I remember hearing things like, fix it, you're insane for thinking, doing, saying that, or you're just too emotional. And it made me close myself off to embracing not only how I felt, but also embracing the relationships around me that wanted my authentic story and connection. It made me sacrifice the relationships that made me feel seen, heard, and valued because I started putting up walls. I remember the first time my mom confronted me about my eating disorder. That one hit me like a train and stopped me dead in my tracks. She yelled at me for making a stupid choice, which granted, it wasn't the best choice I was making for myself, and she called me crazy. She said I was messed up in the head and continued to say that if anyone found out, they'd be disappointed and ashamed. Now I want to pause because this conversation was one that echoed in my head for a really long time, and if you've ever been through anything like this, you already have this great deal of shame sitting inside of you. Many of our hard conversations are those that stop you dead in your tracks. It's those moments where you don't need someone telling you you're crazy. You don't need someone marking you off with the scarlet letter of shame. You don't need someone sitting front row in your arena if they aren't the coach or the cheerleader that's ready to help you come back in the second half. What you need is a vulnerable space and someone to be open about how you're feeling and why. Now, I think the sentiments of this conversation could have been care, but the words and actions blared another message that was loud and clear. I was broken. I was bringing shame to my family. Everything I was doing was wrong. It was immediate. I'm building a fortress around myself and no one is allowed in. It made me angry at myself for not being able to control my emotions or cope in a way that wasn't bringing others shame. It made me want to be even more secretive than I was. It made me scared to open up to those around me because in my head, if my mom, the one person who was supposed to love me unconditionally, couldn't handle my valleys like this one, who could? So from that point on, for many years, shame won. I built up an armor around talking about my eating disorder to others. It was one of the most shameful and guiltful chapters of my life. And even when I did start healing and wanting to share my story, the shame around recovery as an imperfect process or something that involved everyday choices made people uncomfortable, sad, mad, or even frustrated. 
it felt like I couldn't win and I had to hide a piece of me. There were so many other valleys I could share, but this one made me feel face down and absolutely defeated, like I was unworthy of love and belonging. People would ask me about my faith or why it was important for me to encourage the heart or what motivated me to do X, Y, Z, and I couldn't bring myself to tell them that a huge part of my leadership and self-love journey was navigating and conquering an eating disorder and coming out of it so much stronger. That shame and secrecy killed me and was a sacrifice that killed me deep inside because it felt like I wasn't being me. You see, we are each uniquely positioned to share our stories with certain people we come across in our lives. And here I was, shutting the door on so many people because I wasn't ready or willing to dare greatly. There were times when I knew that my story could absolutely help someone, but the people in the cheap seats told me to armor up instead of being vulnerable. I was trying to make myself bulletproof. Too often we spend our lives waiting until we're perfect or bulletproof before we walk into the arena. When we do this, we ultimately sacrifice relationships and opportunities. We waste our precious time that we could use to build others up and we turn our backs on our gifts, those unique contributions that only we can make. As Brene Brown says, perfect and bulletproof are seductive but they don't exactly exist in human experience. Can you relate? You walk out the door to connect with others, but only when you are fully armored up with a guarantee not get hurt or not expose your weaknesses. There's no crying in front of people. You don't talk about what or how you feel, and you aren't allowed to share about your healing because it's connected to grief and sorrow. You can't admit that today or any day is hard. Trust me, I've been there, done that. It feels so wrong in your soul because better isn't someone who is healed or perfect or has their life 10 billion percent better. It feels wrong because better is healing and learning and loving and daring greatly together. The truth is living in a world with a heart wide open can be scary. You will never be able to control what someone else says and types in the comments or what they do in person, but from experience, Nothing is as isolating as a story that's caged inside of you. Being broken or imperfect, or for a better word, being human, is what allows us to let the light in for others. If you haven't gotten there already, 2021 is bringing us all the choice to commit to being bold, not bulletproof. To make decisions to share ourselves, knowing that we can, we may, and we will get hurt. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't show up. To make the decisions knowing that when we show up and when we want to be seen, vulnerability is essential. It's a non-negotiable. So if we want to be seen and are ready to dare greatly in the arena, what is our strategy to ensure that the right people are there with us? There will always be people who are drinking the haterade, but the truth is, and I'm still learning what this looks like, the seats in the arena are reserved for special people who need and want to be there. Brene gives us this strategy to be the man in the arena and to dare greatly, to make sure there are no cheap seats filled. She says, If there is not anyone in the arena getting their ass kicked on the occasion, I'm not interested or open to their feedback. There are a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never be brave with their own lives, but spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those of us who are trying to dare greatly. Their only contributions are criticism, cynicism, and fear-mongering. If you're criticizing from a place where you're not putting yourself on the line as well, 
I'm not interested in your feedback. So what does this look like in my life? What does it look like to fill your seats with people and feedback that matters? This past October, I came out as part of the LGBTQ community. There were friends and family who pushed me to want to be vulnerable and authentic in making this decision. And then there were people who were sitting in those cheap seats who wanted nothing else to do than make me feel like I was the other. They would throw my religion in my face. They would say it's just a phase or that I was just looking for attention. These words hurt, but I realized that these words were also coming from people who had never once put themselves on the line. I couldn't let myself be mad or upset or frustrated or bothered by their opinions when I hadn't made a point to tell them personally. They had heard the news and all of their gossip, and that's what it would be continued to be. They weren't even in my arena to begin with. So instead, I chose to focus on the people that did matter, the ones who had VIP seats in my arena. I found joy in bringing this piece of myself to them because I knew that they would come with love, care, compassion, and the courage to learn more. My VIP No Cheap Seats Arena clarifies that I have nothing to prove to this world, but everything to share. In this, I want to challenge you to have nothing to prove and everything to share, to dive deep into vulnerability and be the person in the arena who knows that their story, without a doubt, matters. There will be people who will see your brokenness, your story, or your vulnerability as a way to wound you, but this is your arena and no one else's. True love and belonging only happen when we are able to, with the right people, present our most authentic and vulnerable selves. As Brene Brown says, if we can share our story with someone or people who respond with empathy and understanding, and not the critic who isn't in the arena getting their ass kicked, shame and secrecy can't survive. May the future allow you to be beautifully bold and not at all bulletproof. I hope you've enjoyed this short podcast and may you have nothing to prove and everything to share. I'll see you next time.